buying behavior has changed. Prospects don't click on links and emails anymore, and they don't watch the videos you spend hours creating every week. Instead, send personalized gifts and memes using Vidyu. You can quickly create engaging, personalized content that immediately grabs your prospect's attention, helps you stand out in the inbox, and does it all without forcing them to click anything or go anywhere. Head over to vidyou.io slash salescast to sign up for free and spend less time getting your messages across and more time selling. Welcome to The Sales Hustle, the only no BS podcast where we bring you the real, raw, uncut experiences from sales change makers across various industries. The only place where you can get what you're looking for to up your sales game. Today's episode is brought to you by SalesCast. SalesCast helps sales professionals transform the relationship building process and win their dream clients. I'm your host, Colin Mitchell. What is up, sales hustlers? I got a fantastic guest for you guys today. I'm going to be talking with Chris Von Hoon. He's an AE at Xerox and also one of the uh, founding associates of the Revenue Collective. We're going to hop in and so you can get to know him a little bit. And then we're going to talk sales, sales, and more sales as always. Chris, thanks for joining us today and welcome to the sales hustle. Thanks for having me on, my man. I appreciate it. Uh, just glad to be here and looking forward to jumping in on all things sales. Awesome. So I want to just, as I tell everybody, give us the short and sweet version of who you are and how you got into sales, and then we'll just jump right into talking some more tactical stuff, as I know that you like to do. For sure. So I'll keep it super simple. I um, come from a finance background, so a little bit of a weird guy that I did financial planning and analysis for three years looked at my life and said, there's no way in hell I can do it for 40 and said, sales seems like a cool thing to do. Cause everyone thought I was a sales guy, jumped out and got into sales and fell in love with it. And I don't know, someone must be broken with me cause I'm still going at it. So here I am today. <laughs> ah, now that's an interesting, that's an interesting way of getting into sales. I have to say, that's not the common answer that I get. Most people are like, Hey, you know, this, this happened uh, and you know I just fell into sales or it happened by accident, but you actually said sales sounded cool and got into it and you <laughs> stuck with it. You know, sales can be a dirty word. Like people think, you know, salespeople are this and salespeople are that. And they're like, the last thing I wanted to do was get into sales, but it was the only opportunity I had. So you actually seeked out something in sales and, and stuck with it. So Tell me a little bit, you know, what was your, what, how, what was your journey? How has your journey been in sales so far? I mean, I think it's kind of like everyone else's. Like I just got my ass handed to me the first six months. Like, let's be real. I had no training. I got thrown in. It's like mm. week two making cold calls. I come from the finance world where I expected answers because I held the money. When you get into sales, it's a very different kind of thing. You got to earn the right. So I struggled. I mean, no two ways about it. 80 to 100 hour weeks, seven days a week. I'm grinding. I'm learning. I'm trying to teach myself and do my job and hit quota. Um, it, it was just rough, you know, and then once you finally kind of get that foundation, get your footing under you, you know, things got a lot better. And then once you move into that AE role, you kind of start back at that SDR level where you're like, oh, crap, we're starting back at ground zero. A whole different mentality, a whole different ball game. Again, the same kind of kind of thing struggled for six months to really get it figured out and get the selling motion down and closing the business and then once i started getting those key tenants down 
it's like, okay, now I get it. Now I can start leveling up, but it is, it's ups and downs galore. Mm, yeah, no, definitely. And you gotta, you go, you gotta be able to ride those ups and downs to really stick the path in, in sales, uh, uh, you know, because it can be an emotional roller coaster for sure. As anybody who's been in sales knows that firsthand. Um, but tell me a little bit about like, what are you doing as a sales professional to show up different and do sales differently than most people out there? I think for me, it's, I come at it from a psychology perspective. So sales and marketing to me are basically the same thing. Sales is selling individually. So one-on-one psychology marketing is psychology to the masses. But the thing is we haven't done a good job of really breaking down psychology in applicable ways to use it in your sales process. So that's why I love like what Chris Voss does in his never split the difference book, right? It's a lot of psychology asking no oriented questions, giving the illusion of control, labeling things, right? Saying it sounds like it feels like. So for me, it's just a massive study in applied psychology and then coming up with frameworks and questions and ways to run things. So I'm connecting on a human level. I'm getting what I need from it. And the person walks away actually feeling good. Mm, mm. Now, a lot of people, you know, think like, oh, sales, you know, you're manipulating or, you know, convincing and, and stuff like that. But it can be used to properly to serve people that need whatever it is that you're selling or your product or service. Right. So walk me through, like, you know, what's your, what's your, what are some tactical things that you're, you're using in your talk tracks or your frameworks to kind of, you know, get people to go on that journey with you? Sure. And first thing, just to clarify, I can't force anybody to buy. Like, let's just like make that very, very simple. No one is going to buy. They don't want to sign. Like they're not going to sign the contract. Right. So I think we, we misunderstand. I think we can force them. They have to make that decision and sign. I'm just leading them along the journey. So how I start is really just treating them like a human. Like I tell them like, look at, you know, first call, if it's not a fit, a, okay. The whole point of this first call is to figure out if there's even a mutual fit here. Mm-hmm. And that's why I use like the term mutual fit, not just you picked me. Well, who? Cause maybe you want to keep going, but I realize you're not the best fit for our product and service and where we're at. I need to recommend the competition. So I lead up front with these, with these things and just say, it's kind of like the upfront contract. It's like, Hey, we got 30 minutes. Here's what I want to cover. Here's at the end, we're going to decide there's a mutual fit and then we'll discuss next steps. Is that a good use of your time? And then we just got a social agreement right there. So then you start off and give them the scope. You put those parameters around and let them know like, hey, if it's no, it's not a problem. I'd rather have a no right now than a soft yes, which is a true no. And then I'm wasting all my time walking you through a process when you're never going to sign. No, 100%. I mean, I think that's where a lot of salespeople can fall short or get caught in that rabbit hole of like trying to force people to the next yes. And ultimately they don't realize that, okay, maybe they're fluffing up the pipeline or fluffing up the meeting quota, but ultimately they're only hurting themselves in the end because it's a deal that you never should have been spending time on in the first place. Right. And that's why I'm of the mindset of disqualifying early and often, mm. right? Because I even had a conversation with prospects. I'm like, you know what? It just doesn't seem like this is of interest to you. Like, it just doesn't seem like this is valuable enough to invest time in. Is that is that a fair statement? Notice how I use the word fair and not accurate. Because fair is about feelings. Accurate is about logic. But we process emotions first and then logic. I'm trying to hit you at the emotional level 
to make to see if you're emotionally committed before we validate with logic. I've had some prospects be like, you know what, Chris, it's just it's not a priority. I'm like, dude, no worries. I appreciate the honesty first and foremost, right? So you acknowledge and you just say, does it even make sense to put a reminder on the calendar? Like, how should we proceed? And if the answer is just go our separate ways, it's like, well, best of luck to you kind of thing. And if it's, hey, let's pick it up at this time. It's like, why is that time a better time for you? Don't just put it on the calendar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, what's well, a better time because budgets come up or my VP is going to slot that and make it a priority. Cool. Now you just got more information on the compelling reason in case your deal gets stalled. No, hundred percent. And, you know, disqualifying early is, 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 is very helpful for many reasons. Um, and sometimes you can even go deeper, like, Hey, you know, maybe this isn't a priority now. And if they agree with that, is that fair? Yes. Why is that not a priority and what would make it a priority? So sometimes it's just asking the right questions and digging deeper to get them to go along the journey or realize why now's not the right time to go along that journey. So, Talk, okay, so we're talking about like meetings that are set. We're talking about you know disqualifying early. We're talking about just you know treating these people you know just like regular people. Uh, but talk to me a little bit about your prospecting techniques and how you're getting these you know engaging with these people from the very beginning. Yeah, I mean for me, I'm always a fan of not reinventing the wheel. Your prospect has particular phrases and terminology that they use to describe the challenges and obstacles that they're facing. Take that language make it a question and send that off. Right. Like, on what, on what channels? All of them. They're like, I, I don't do channel specific things. I think it's bullshit. You don't know what channel works for your prospects. They'll so hit them all. Um, that's why cadencing tools are a blessing. But like, for example, you can take like a common, a common issue in like copiers, right? Uh, service calls are taken for hours. You literally like subject, email, you know, your subject line email could be service calls taking days. And you literally just say, Hey, are your service calls taking days instead of hours? How is that impacting your business? Would you be open to learning about ways to get a rapid response time so you can get back up and running and focus on your critical business? Like these are terminology that I've gathered from my prospects from talking to them or doing customer interviews. And I've listened to what are the key pieces that get them looking into the buying journey. And then I put that into my messaging. So either I'm educating, I'm entertaining, or I'm questioning the status quo and challenging it, saying there could be a better way. Here's what you're missing out by not moving forward or looking into this further. Mm-hmm. All right, I love that. So you're collecting feedback from current customers and doing like your own little market research to craft your messaging for your outreach. 100%. Like I don't, here's the thing. I speak in different terms, but my prospects all are going to have pretty much similar terms if your ICPs are all the same. So why not just take their language? Because we always resonate with those that sound like us. And I don't think this is manipulative. This is just being smart so they can self-identify between all the other trash that they get in their inbox from other salespeople. So that's how I stick out is I sound like them from the get-go. Now I at least have them probably opening up my email or maybe clicking that video or at least not hanging up on me when I make the cold call. Mm. All right. So listen up, sales hustlers. This is an important part. Um, do your research, ask for feedback from your current customers, you know, do your customer interviews, collect that information from them and implement that into your messaging, whether that's phone, email, LinkedIn, or all of the above is what I'm hearing. And mm-hmm. this is something that you're doing consistently and, and it seems to be working for you, right? Yeah. I mean, it, it works well when I'm literally saying like, hey, the common challenges of IT people are A, B, C, and D, but that's not like your day to day, right? 
like, uh, no, it, it kind of is. I'm like, oh, which one? They're like this. I'm like, tell me about it. What, how's that affecting you? Well, it's da, 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 high pain, A, B, C, D. Okay. What if you had to quantify that? Could you put dollars to it? Could you put some numbers to it? It's like, yeah, it cost me 10 hours with IT tickets a week. So what's not getting done because you're spending 10 hours a day on these IT tickets? Well, this massive initiative. Interesting. I've now just tied my product to your massive initiative versus this small little pain here that only you're experiencing, right? So I just leveled up the conversation to get other people involved and to also have a stake in it. If someone tries to say, hey, it's not important, but I'm like, this is impeding this initiative, which your C-level, VP-level said is our priority, right? So now we're solving so you can get to this. That's a better sale. Mm, wow. All right. So th- let's just peel that apart a little bit for, okay, so you're taking you're taking the messaging, you're, you're, you're hitting them in, in, in terms that, you know, you're hearing from customers speaking their language and then, you know, really digging deep on what that pain or what that problem means to really quantify the value of what it is that you're offering. It, it's about impact. Like I think as sales reps, we screw up on this. We get so excited when we hear pain. Great. But so what? If you can't tell me so what? So for example, you're a sales guy. I can't sell my funnel. Great. That's pain. But so what? Well, what it means is then the business can't achieve these strategic initiatives, which means we can't break into this European market we've been wanting to get into for the last three years. Ah, okay. Now we're solving for you to get into the European market by getting your pipeline where it needs to be. There's impact. But the initial pain was just my pipeline sucks. So if we can't answer that so what with each individual pain, you got more work to do until you can quantify it. And the prospect doesn't know it, then you got to work together to agree on something. Because again, this is all going to come together for not staying with status quo. So if they ghost you and you only have pain, okay. Mm. But if I'm linking pain plus impact, it's like, are you really okay with this? Here's the impact that's happening to your organization. Is that worth it? Mm. And being okay to walk away from the deal if there isn't enough impact for it to actually be addressed, right? Right. Because those are the deals that are going to get stalled. Those are the deals that you're going to spin your wheels on. Those are the deals that are never going to go close. And you're going to be sitting there thinking, I don't understand. They had all these problems. They had all this pain. But why aren't they signing? Right. There's no impact. If there's no business impact to it, how are they going to go get budget for it? You have to go to finance and go ask for money. And they're going to say, okay, well, how does this impact the P&L? Am I either making money, saving money, or improving a process? If so, by what percentage? Because you have to deprioritize other things. So you got to remember, you're fighting for all these other, you know, against all these other allocations and resources. If you don't have that squared away, and it's kind of a question mark, and money's tight right now because of COVID, I just don't see you being that successful in getting it done. Hmm. So you, you, it sounds like you've been able to kind of really relate with your your finance background of how to get deals, how get deals get evaluated, and how the the the, the making sense of the dollars and things like that to to get approval for deals to get signed off on. Hundred percent, because think like a C level. They're not thinking about these. Um, kind of low-level problems. They're thinking about business impacts. They're thinking about the KPI drivers that they need to look at a PL sheet, like profit loss, gross profitability. What's my bottom line? Like, what am I taking to the bank? So if I can't figure out how I'm impacting these financial statements, and if I can't tie to those things, and it's a question mark, well, crap. 
what happens when I need to go ask, what happens when my champion goes ask for budget to go buy this when there wasn't any budget there? No, a hundred percent. And, and I would even add to it that there's not only got to be pain there's got to be pain and impact. It can't just be one or the other, right? We talked right. about if there's just pain and there's no impact, but on the flip side, there can't just be impact and no pain, right? right? There can't just be cost savings, but no problem, no solution, nothing that you're solving because ultimately people don't like to change and savings is not enough to change. There's got to be pain and impact together for it to be a, a deal that can actually go somewhere. 100%. It's like the way I break it down is pain is the emotional. So remember, we got to hit the emotion first, and then we find the logic to back it up. So pain is the emotional piece. And then we get to the logic with the numbers, the percentages, and everything like that to back it up. So if you don't have both, you, you don't really have a real deal in my world. Because why Why should they change? Like you're always fighting against status quo. It's the hardest thing to fight against. It's why most reps lose their deal. People don't want to change from status quo. We're inherently scared of making changes. It's safer, even if it's a shit show, it's safer to stay with that than it is to move along and try something quote unquote new. Now, do you have any particular like frameworks or talk tracks that you follow to just, you know, accomplish these goals when you're engaging prospects? Yeah, so there's kind of, I've blended methodologies, but I use uh, the gap selling techniques from Keenan. And then I used the transparency sale by Todd Capone. And then I made my own version of like a mutual decision plan or transformation plan, whatever you want to call it. And it basically has all that layered out. And I introduced that in my second meeting. So between the disco and demo, I have a, another meeting. It's like an alignment meeting for me. And I make sure that we agree on your current state and your future state because we don't have all that mapped out. I don't know if I even have a real deal here. And if you haven't agreed to that, then I definitely don't have a real deal here because you need to buy into it, not me, right? Like I'm just the guide guiding you along. But if you don't believe in all these challenges, pains, and impacts in future states, well, I just have a nice conversation with somebody. That's about all I have at that point. Yeah, I had, yeah, a, sne I had a sneaking suspicion you were going to drop Gap Selling by Keenan. I've got my Gap Selling t-shirt on today. I love those, it. Uh, I actually survived Gap Sell Keenan live um, it was a little bit brutal. I made it out with just a, one black eye and maybe a little bit of a bloody nose. But, but I was officially the first person out of 31 episodes to actually sell Keenan. Damn. I mean, props, because I know he's, he's vicious, but there's a reason for it is we get lazy with that process. And we wonder why our deals aren't closing and our pipeline gets clogged and we're inflating all these things because we don't have the basics down. 100%. I couldn't agree more. So, I mean, what do you tell? There's going to be a lot of people getting into sales right now, right? Just because yeah. of the current times, sales jobs are pretty much always, you can always find a sales job. Even when the economy is bad, people are yeah. hiring salespeople. There's going to be people that had other plans that didn't work out. They're going to fall into sales. Typical story, common way. What do you tell those folks that are just getting into sales? You know, what are some things that they can focus on, some resources to like really just get them started right? Um, that's a good one. First off, join the Revenue Collective, like flat out. I'm just going to plug it shamelessly. I'm a part of it. But there's so many great resources that are in Guru. So the document repository system, there's so many webinars. I just got off one on how to build a sales playbook that Kevin Dorsey just 
drop massive amount of knowledge in an hour. It's like I wrote five pages. It's it was silly. Um, so I, I joined like a group where you can learn from people who are already doing it because there's no need for you to go through the hell I went through of six months of trying to pull my hair out and figure it out when I could have just gone to some better resources. I think get very active on LinkedIn and search like who are the top like LinkedIn sales influencers and just start following all their content so you can start getting a feel of how people are talking about sales today. And then from there, like honestly, you need to learn basically how to shut up and ask questions because we always like, we don't like silence and silence is key in sales. Mm-hmm. You need to learn psychology. So human psychology and how we process things, especially on the emotional side. And then you need to freaking learn copywriting so damn well. It's not funny because most people suck at writing sales emails. Mm, okay. All right. So join, join a community. I, I definitely agree with that. There's tons of them out there. There's a lot of these peer based sales communities that are popping up. Um, they're all, they're all great for different reasons. And in my opinion, revenue collective, rev genius, sales stack, sales huddle, lots of them. Um, because you know, it's a safe place for you to go. And there's other salespeople there that are just looking to be better salespeople and help other salespeople. So I, I, I highly recommend that to anybody getting started or even if it's been in sales for a while, um, Definitely uh, agree with you on following content that, you know, of people that are putting stuff out there. Uh, most of the great people in sales that are teaching sales are putting tons of free re- resources over there, whether it's podcasts, blogs, content, lives, whatever it is, like eat that stuff up for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Um, and then uh, the last thing that I would say is, that I totally agree with is, is shut up and, 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 and just, and just listen, right? Because it, listening is such a crucial skill in sales and it takes, it takes a lot of good practice to get good at it because it's hard. And something that's helped me with it is just meditation practice, right? Mm. Uh, you can, with it, with a mindfulness practice, you can become a better active listener. And once you become a act, better active listener, you can actually hear and process what your prospect is saying rather than already thinking about the next piece of the script that you're going to say or parroting something that you heard from somebody else in the bullpen because they're hitting their numbers and it sounds clever. Like you really got to listen to what people are saying and process that and not be so quick to just talk or think about what you're going to say next. And sometimes it's really just telling yourself to shut up and listen. Um, and it's a skill that takes practice. Yeah. Like the one piece I add to is tonality. I got a lot mm. better when I could start reading tones. So I stopped paying so much attention to the particular words and more how they were being said. And I'll just call it out. Like I love labeling. It's one of my favorite techniques. So like if someone just sounds like they're having a really shitty day, I'll just be blunt. I'm like, Hey, I know it's a cold call. Sounds like it's just a really rough day. And then just shut up and see what they say. And if they're like, and then sometimes they'll be like, yeah, man, like I I just got chewed out by my boss. I'm like, tell me about it. And they'll I'll commiserate with them. I'm like, man, I was just there 10 minutes ago. Yet I'm picking up the phone calling you so we can commiserate together. But like, Mm. then you just stop trying to be a salesperson and be a freaking human for a bit and talk to them like a human. And I've like said, I'm like, look, it's obviously not a good time for a cold call. So you can either try to do that. Let me just see if it's even relevant. 30 second, really fast pitch and then get off the phone. Or you just say, look, I'll call you tomorrow around the same time. Send them a little quick calendar invite, five minutes. Boom. 
Yeah, no, right. I, I I love that. I love that. Just being 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 yourself, being human, and t- reading tone is definitely important. And you can tell if somebody's sounds super busy or sounds like they're in a bad mood. And if you just acknowledge that and don't try to continue to push forward in the conversation, you'll build tremendous amount of respect and rapport just by those simple things alone. Yeah. And exactly. then you can, and then you can have a much more effective, much more productive call the next time that you reach out because they're going to remember you rather than being that salesperson that was like, you know, just trying to push to get that, get that 15 minutes, got to get that 15 minutes, you know? Yeah. Cause uh, like the key is you make it about them and not you. Right. And like, you always hear that, but like what it looks like is I called a prospect at an Amazon company and she was actually homesick and I just like stopped everything. I'm like, you're sick and you answered the phone and you don't even know who it is. I'm like, props to you. I'm going to hop off the phone because your health is more important than a cold call. And what I did is I then like sent her a get well basket uh, to the office and just sent her an email that day. I'm like, Hey, when you get back to the office within like three days, you're going to have something. And that ended up landing me the meeting because I treated her like a human. And that's all it was. It was a simple thing. You're sick. You obviously don't want a cold call <laughs> if you're sick. So mm. I'm going to hop off the phone. Send most you something people like don't even, yeah, most people don't even want a cold call if they're feeling well. So right. I, they definitely don't want it if they're not feeling well. But also right. just being honest and upfront like this is a cold call. Hey, I know we've never spoken before. Or hey, this is the first time we call. I know you probably don't like cold call and this is what it is. But you know what? I'm not going to take a lot of your time. So like, you know, being able to read people. And, and and make an action that's about, you take an action that's about them and not about you getting that meeting. Now, full transparency, you took all those actions to get the meeting, of course, but yep. but you're doing something that most people are not. Right, hundred percent. So like if they, you can if you can show up differently, it's going to make that much of a difference. Right, because how many reps actually stop their pitch, realize that the person's sick, wishes them well, and then sends them something. Right. Like you just don't normally you're just like, I got to book the meeting. I got to book the meeting, but I got to book the meeting. And that's why you're not getting a meeting, by the way, because you're too selfish. And, and, and you got to be good enough to actually because those are those are missed opportunities. Right. Because that's an opportunity to do something different, to show up different when somebody's busy, when somebody's sick, if they're working at home and you hear kids crying in the back like, Whatever it is, anything that's like a interruption to how, you know, the, what the norm is, that's an opportunity for you as a sales professional to stand out, to be unique, to do something different than every other salesperson that's calling them, emailing them, sending them LinkedIn DMs or whatever is not doing. 100%. Like I've even done like thank you gifts. Like this lady, um, I was working Amazon hard and all the subsidiaries. So another Amazon account. She got me an introduction to the SVP, the exact like person signing a contract. I knew that she loved volleyball. What did I do? I freaking bought her one of those like little volleyball, you know, bags that like the volleyball was like saying hi and all these volleyball terms in like different languages. And like she messaged me, she's like, I bring it to practice every single like Wednesday, and like people love it. Like I bet you she still uses it today. Again, mm. simple little things, but she's never gonna forget that interaction from a sales rep that she never met in person. You mean you didn't send her like a corporate brand in tchotchke? No, no. I was straight <laughs> on Amazon, found like the thing that mattered to her the most, sent it with a little note, and that was it. Yeah, yeah. No, that's awesome. 
Uh, I love that. All right. So just to kind of recap here with what we're talking about sales hustlers is look for those opportunities to do something different, right? Whether it's somebody not feeling well, having a bad day, you know, they got chaos going on, whatever the case is, maybe something you read, something on social media, look for those opportunities to show up and break through the pattern and be somebody different than what they're used to seeing all the time. Um, Chris, thanks so much for coming on Sales Hustle today. Really appreciate it. Um, I know that you have something that you want to share with folks on how they could, you know, join Revenue Collective and how they can connect with you online as well. Yeah, so selfish plug. We got a contest going. I want to be number one for salespeople. So uh, I'll uh, I'll share the the link. But uh, we got open form for people joining the Revenue Collective. Super simple. It gives you access to sales leaders and marketing and sales ops like you never had before. You got a question, you got over 4,000 people that will that will happily answer it for you. They'll jump on calls with you and you literally got global coverage here. So it's just a group that I think is amazing. And if you're serious about making an investment in yourself, you'll invest. Um, it's really, really that simple on my plug. And then other pieces like if you know you like the content, like you want to connect, LinkedIn is the easiest way to connect with me. I'm always happy to to have chats. I do like random like little coffee chats. So it's whatever I can do to give back to the community because I've done so much for me. All right. Awesome. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate it again. And if you're listening to the podcast, please subscribe, share with your friends, and we're listening for your feedback. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Sales Hustle. Are you a sales professional looking to take your sales career to the next level? If the answer is yes, then I want you to go over to salescast.co. Check us out. And if you feel that you are ready, set up a time to talk with me and my co-founder, Chris. I'm your host, Colin Mitchell. And if you enjoyed this episode, feel free to leave us a review and share the podcast with your friends.